Well, hi, I'm Joel McMahon, the pastor at San Philip United Methodist Church, and I'd like to welcome you to uh, this podcast, which is going out on the uh, Sunday before Thanksgiving of 2020. Let's bow our heads for a moment of prayer. Lord, we thank you for this one time of year when we are all called to just pause and acknowledge that you are the source of our very lives. And today as we uh, look at uh, what the Bible says about Thanksgiving, we pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will just prick our hearts to new truths. I pray that you just use me to help others to understand how important this is. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Our scripture lesson is found in uh, the first epistle of Paul to the Thessalonians. We'll be reading uh, just the 12th through the 18th verses right now. But we request of you, brethren, that you appreciate those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you and the Lord and give you instruction, and that you esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Live in peace with one another. We urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with everyone. See that no one repays another with evil for evil, but always seek after that which is good for one another and for all people. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word at this time. Well, it is the Sunday before Thanksgiving, which is considered one of the purest holidays of the year, when we all pause to give thanks to our Creator for all that he has provi provided. Now, as I sat down and started to consider this, and uh, what should be said about this this Sunday, my first thought was, wait a minute, this is 2020. A lot of people are probably going to be sitting out there thinking, Thanksgiving, giving thanks in 2020? What is there to be thankful for in a time like this? It uh, reminds me of uh, the two men who were walking through a field one day when they spotted an enraged bull. And instantly they darted toward the nearest fence and the storming bull was following in hot pursuit and pretty soon it was obvious that they weren't going to make it. Terrified, the one shouted to the other, Put up a prayer, John, we're in for it. John answered, I can't. I've never said a public prayer in my life. But you have to, the other shouted. The bull's catching up to us. All right, pounded John. I'll say the only prayer I know, the one my father used to say. Oh, Lord, for what we were about to receive, make us truly thankful. You know, it just seems incongruous to many to even think about being thankful in our current climate of politics, pandemic, division, immorality, and lawlessness. And yet, this is exactly what Christians are called to do not just on Thanksgiving Day, but every day. 
in the midst of his final instruction to the Thessalonians in this first epistle that we read, Paul says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In 1636, amid the darkness of the Thirty Years' War, a German pastor named Martin Rinkert is said to have buried 5,000 of his parishioners in one year, and an average of 15 a day. His parish was ravaged by war, death, and economic disaster. In the heart of that darkness, with the cries of fear outside his window, he sat down and wrote this table grace for his children. Now thank we all our God with heart and hands and voices who wondrous things hath done in whom his world rejoices, who from our mother's arms hath led us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. Now here was a man who knew that thanksgiving comes from love of God, not from outward circumstances. He had learned and was teaching his children to give thanks in everything. You see, it is the Christian's way of life. In his 18th century classic, A Serious Call to a Devout and Holy Life, William Law made this following statement. Would you know who is the greatest saint in the world? It is not he who prays most or fasts most. It is not he who gives most alms or is most eminent for temperance, chastity, or justice. But it is he who is always thankful to God who wills everything that God wills, who receives everything as an instance of God's goodness and has a heart always ready to praise God for it. Could you therefore work miracles? You could not do more for yourself than by this thankful spirit, for it turns all that it touches into happiness. Now, Law, who is a mentor to John and Charles Wesley, makes a great point, doesn't he? When you see God at work and respond to what he is doing with thankfulness instead of resistance, you will develop many other of the virtues that he describes. Now, like most virtues, you don't usually become instantly thankful. You only become thankful when you habitually practice gratitude in your life. The last couple of Sundays, we've been looking at the fact that you don't have to understand completely in order to obey immediately. And we have been told to give thanks in everything all through the Bible. In 1 Chronicles 16.34, we read, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. And then in Ephesians, the fifth chapter, we read, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Now listen to this part. 
giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Psalm 92, David begins his psalm, it is good to give thanks to the Lord. We're reminded in James that everything good in your life comes from God. You see, we'll grow closer to God when we understand this truth and build our lives around it. We also saw the last couple of weeks that it is in doing that we realize the benefits of doing. If Peter hadn't let down his nets, he would have missed out on so much. And it's the same with us with giving thanks. It is only as we do it that we can experience the benefits of obedience. And oh, brothers and sisters, they are many. Now, much of what I'm going to share with you from this point on has been proven, like many other things in the Bible, by experience in other people's lives and even scientifically. But until you try it, it will only be theory and proposition to you. Now, here's a little bit of the scientific proof that I ran across this past week. It's in an article entitled, Gratitude Physically Changes Your Brain, New Study Says. New research reveals the biology of why gratitude is such a powerful happiness booster. Fad diets aside, we all know the basic formula for greater physical health. Eat less junk and exercise more. The same could be said for greater happiness. Sure, mental health is hugely complex, but the research on how to promote basic day-to-day well-being couldn't be clearer. Just cultivate gratitude. The article says something as simple as writing down three things you're grateful for every day for 21 days in a row significantly increases your level of optimism and it holds for the next six months. The research is amazing. Harvard research and author Sean Acor uh, has told Inc.com other studies show gratitude increases willpower, helps keep you calm, and can even boost employee morale. The result is interesting for neuroscientists, but it's also potentially useful for the rest of us. It suggests that the more practice you give your brain at feeling and expressing gratitude, the more it adapts to this mindset. You can even think of your brain as having a sort of gratitude muscle that can be exercised and strengthened. The more of an effort you make to feel gratitude one day, the more the feeling will come to you spontaneously in the future. In short, practicing gratitude seems to kick off a helpful, self-perpetuating cycle in your brain. Counting your blessing now makes it easier to notice and count them later. And the more good you see in your life, the happier and more successful you're likely to be. Or, as Jarrett sums up this research, the more you practice gratitude, the more attuned you are to it, and the more you can enjoy its psychological benefits. 
as I've said for the last two weeks, just do it. That's a scriptural principle. You've got to do it before you can realize the benefits from it. And sometimes you don't have to understand fully why to start obeying immediately. And I encourage you to do that. You don't have to understand completely to obey immediately. The Bible tells us to practice giving thanks regularly, that we should make a habit of expressing gratitude. Thankfulness rather than criticism should be our default position as a Christian. When you see something good in your life, point it out. Thank God for it. We all complain occasionally, but practice responding to your own complaining by finding things to be thankful for. This helps to rewire your brain, as we've seen from the research, to be as proficient at recognizing the good in your life as you are at identifying the bad. And you see, here's one of those places where God knows what's good for you, and he tells you to do it, and you just have to, of your will, start doing it. And as you do, the Holy Spirit will help you to move forward. This means that we express gratitude regardless of the situation. You know, the first time I ran across this passage in Thessalonians, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I was at the funeral of a young lady and her two children who had died in a house fire. They had been members of my first church. I'd known her since she was very young, and I'd watched her uh, just grow so and have children. And then, because of an electrical problem in the home, her house caught on fire while she and her babies were asleep, while her husband was at work. They were overcome by the fumes, and they found her lying in the bed with her two children dead. As we stood there at the graveside service of this, uh, this sweet, beautiful Christian lady, the pastor said, we know this hurts, but you know, the scripture tells us that in everything we're to give thanks, that this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And so I want to encourage you today, even in the midst of your tears and your sorrow and your grief, give thanks to God for Sharon and these beautiful children. Be, give thanks for having had them as a part of your life. Give thanks for the bright lights that God shared with you for the period of time that he did. That's the first time that I ran across this passage. Interestingly, when I lay in bed in the hospital, not knowing if I was going to live or die, I found myself griping at God and uh, telling him, God, what am I doing here? I should be out helping other people, praying for other people to be healed. I've seen you heal people of brain tumors. I know you can heal. Why haven't you healed me? And the only thing that came to my heart was in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And I thought, where did that come from? God, why don't you? And I just kept on, and all of a sudden I realized 
I was praying to God and he was answering me. He was telling me what to do. And so I began to take inventory. Uh, I was too weak to even feed myself. I was too weak to do anything, but I could thank God that I was in a hospital bed, that my insurance had kicked in just a week before, and that I could uh, lay there in a hospital bed and be taken care of by professionals, and that I wasn't being a burden to my wife who had been trying to take care of me at home. I thanked him for, for clean sheets. I thanked him for help. I thanked him for, uh, for salvation. I thanked him for all the things. I thanked him that I knew that if I died, I was going to heaven. I thanked him that I knew that if I died, that he was going to take care of my wife and my kids because he had made it clear to me that he loved those people that I loved more than I did, and he loved me so much that he wanted me to be sure that they were a part of his plan and that he had good things in store from them, or for them, apart from me, that he was big enough to take care of them and help them on their way without me. I found so many, many things to be thankful for, and as I began to give thanks to God, all of a sudden, I realized I'd just been laying there griping at him. And I said, Lord, I'm so sorry. You've called me to be the best me for you that I can be. And I can't do anything now but just lay in this bed. And so, Lord, I just ask that you help me to just let my little light shine right here where I am. Help me to be the best hospital patient that I can be. Just be with me and help me. And you know what? From that point on, I began to get better. And while I was laying there in bed, people discovered I was a good listener. And I had a dear friend who was going through some terrible things in his own life, and he had nobody else that could even understand what he was going through. He was a fellow pastor. And he knew that I was on his side. And he would come and just dump on me. I was a great dumping ground. And I could encourage him. If I could do nothing else, I could at least tell him that if, uh, if need be, I would stand with him. And, uh, and I just let him know that I cared. It turns out that one of my church members was uh, going through a tough time. She discovered that her husband had been unfaithful to her. And she needed someone for counseling. I was in a great position to counsel. Uh, it turns out that the nurse that was assigned to me was battling cancer, even while she was taking care of me. She couldn't worship on Sunday, and I was the closest thing to church that she was coming across. And so the Lord just began to cause ministry to flow forth from me while I was laying flat there on my back. It's powerful, people. The Lord tells us in everything to give thanks. We're to give thanks in all circumstances because he wills it. And why? Because we never see the pull for the full picture. We can't look at every situation and clearly understand why it's happening. We can only know 
God is at work in these situations and working them out for our good and his glory, whether we understand it or not. Regardless of what's happening, we can thank God for his presence. We can thank, for, thank him that he is redeeming the situation and sustaining us through it. Even in all this political and divisive turmoil that we're going through right now, we can see God at work. No matter who winds up being our president for the next four years, I can thank God that he is in control, that he is on the throne, and that his plan is going forth. On our own, we focus on the current situation. We rise above the situation when we purposefully look for what God is doing in the middle of it. And as you look at all the stuff that's going on around us, we can see the last days are here, folks. The last days are upon us. All the different things that he described that are upsetting people so are those things. He said people would believe a lie. They would uh, uh, just be, they would be without natural affection. Just so many things uh, are just coming alive right now. And it just lets us know it, that the day of the Lord is at hand. All this stuff was foretold and it should make us excited and thank God that his word is true and it's all coming about. A.W. Tozer says, Perhaps it takes a purer faith to praise God for unrealized blessings than for those we once enjoyed or those we enjoy now. As I was thinking about all this, I remembered uh, a lady in a, my church in Texarkana who described her father in a way that just depicts everything that's going on. Her. She said, he was always seeing the best in every situation. And it was just almost repulsive how he could find something good no matter what the situation. In fact, one night when they were uh, coming out of a prayer meeting uh, at a Methodist church up there in Texarkana, they got in the car and uh, he tried to crank it up and it wouldn't start. And so he lifted the hood and he looked and the battery was gone. Somebody had stolen the battery while they were worshiping God. And his response was, praise the Lord. They could have taken the whole car and all they took was the battery. Isn't God good? Well, you see, we should praise him all the time. We should praise God when all is well. You may believe that this is obvious, but it's critical. We do it. We're conditioned to believe that life will go well for us. When life runs smoothly, we don't tend to see this as God's gift to us. We don't see how he protects us and guides us along the way to greener pastures and still waters. And so I encourage you, make gratitude a part of your interactions with other people also. Because you see people, and this is so important, gratitude, expressing gratitude to others is a ministry. It makes a difference in other people's lives. Gratitude should impact both our relationship with God and our relationships with other people. Rick Warren once said, to appreciate means to raise in value. And that's not only true of things. 
You know, it is true of land. It's true of money that you put into a bank that's draw, uh, account that's drawing interest. That appreciates. It increases. The value raises. We ought to appreciate people because it increases their self-worth. Make it a regular practice to say thank you to people in your life. Often the people we express gratitude uh, with at least in our lives are those closest to us and who really are the most valued by us. We need to let them know we appreciate them and care for them. Uh, I read a, an article the other day that brings this home. In his autobiography, Breaking Barriers, uh, the columnist Carl Rowan tells about a teacher who greatly influenced his life. Rowan relates, Miss Thompson reached into her desk drawer and pulled out a piece of paper containing a quote attributed to Chicago architect Daniel Burnham. I listened intently as she read, Make no little plans. They have no magic to stir men's blood and probably themselves will not be realized. Make big plans. Aim high in hope and work. Remember that our sons and grandsons are going to do things that would stagger us. He goes on, more than 30 years later, I gave a speech in which I said that Francis Thompson had given me a desperately needed belief in myself. A newspaper printed the story and someone mailed the clipping to my beloved teacher. She wrote me, you have no idea what that newspaper story meant to me. For years, I endured my brother's arguments that I had wasted my life, that I should have married and had a family. When I read that you gave me credit for helping to launch a marvelous career, I put the clipping in front of my brother. After he'd read it, I said, you see, I didn't really waste my life, did I? I know many people who have been through extremely tough situations, and I've noticed those who are most grateful and have learned to see God's work regularly show the most perseverance. You see, once you practice it for a while, it's almost, you could almost say that giving thanks is a superpower because it is empowered supernaturally in our lives by God. You'll never see all that it's accomplishing, but it enables us to see past our experiences and to embrace how God is moving. Not only are thankful people able to draw strength from gratitude, but they're also able to empower others with their perspective as well. With all this in mind, I want to repeat what Dr. Law said so many, many years ago in answer to the question that he posed at the beginning. Open your hearts, I pray, to what is said. Listen closely to these words now with the background that I've now given you. Would you know who's the greatest saint in the world? It is not he who prays most or fasts most. 
It is not he who gives most alms or is most eminent for temperance, chastity, or justice, but it is he who is always thankful to God, who wills everything that God wills, who receives everything as an instance of God's goodness and has a heart always ready to praise God for it? Could you therefore work miracles you could not do more for yourself than by this thankful spirit, for it turns all that it touches into happiness. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. O oh God, show us, we pray, show us how to be thankful. Help us to begin to be thankful even though we can't understand why. Help us, Lord, to obey immediately even when we don't understand completely. Trusting in you. It's in Jesus' name we pray.